0: My Comic Shop closed seven years ago, but along my journey, I've met other stores with colorful communities all their own. One of those is Acme Comics in Greensboro, North Carolina, owned by Jermaine Exum, aka the enigmatic Lord Retail. Now, I am speaking with the man himself in the definitive Lord Retail interview series. This is Volume 2 of Their Comic Shop History. Welcome to the once and future Lord Retail, a My Comic Shop History trilogy event Joining me for the finale of our three-parter once again is the owner of Acme Comics in Greensboro, North Carolina, Lord Retail himself, Jermaine Exum. Welcome back.
1: Hey, I feel like I never left.
0: But it has been. It's been weeks. We've been recording these essentially in real time, not the original plan. We were going to bank them up and release them over the fall. We ended up doing them essentially in real time, which I think is fun. It's added a new, timelier element to it. I like it.
1: The passage of time... In the world of uh, comic book retailing is so odd. You know, I tell people, if I have, just to pull something out of the air, uh, a stack of 12 Star Wars comics, which is insubstantial. 12 comic books, that's one year of life. Like, quantifiably, that's one year of life in our world. Um, you know, in, in this world, the weeks pass really quickly. You know, I blink and it's Tuesday again. I blink and it's Wednesday again. Because the days just go by really, really fast. With each day having its own flavor around here,
0: I, I can I can definitely appreciate that. Well, listen, speaking of this idea of time and the passage of time and timeliness, uh, I want to I want to bring up something. So, I know the audience can't see this, but I'm holding up here a copy of the Death of Superman 30th Anniversary Special. Now, I talked in the last episode about how I ordered this. Through Lord Retail and Acme Comics, because I wanted to know that I was getting it. And I was going to get it when I needed it, and uh, th- things didn't did, work did you, out. Did you get it? Things didn't work out quite as planned. It was actually, and I want to. I want to tell this story. I think this. I think this will be fun and entertaining. Hopefully.
1: Oh, oh no, I don't know what this story is. Oh so no.
0: Well. <clears throat> Where to start? You know what? Let me just say this: the copy that I am holding up, this came to me actually as a gift from a fellow retailer, Sean Hendricks of Fat Moose Comics. Now, I said in the last episode that I, you know, I have my local shop that I get my regular books from. With this, I, I kind of wanted to, you know, support a few different stores, so I ordered the death, uh, the 30th anniversary special from you. Uh, I asked Sean to to pull the uh, the the hardcover uh, that was coming out, and. Uh, I was I was very surprised that this came in the mail from uh, from Sean Hendricks just just out of the blue, and it ended up being clutch because the the, the copies <laughs> that I had ordered from you, I don't have them yet.
1: Oh no! And uh, I'm hoping it's on its way soon. I'm hoping that you know tomorrow morning it'll it'll be there. I really hope so because um, I think yours went out. We put books out on Wednesdays here, not not Tuesday, the way DC arbitrarily, you know, says. So your stuff would have gone out on Thursday. So
0: See, I, I attribute this. I think this was, I mean, it's funny because I didn't want to, I didn't want to hound you on this because I know how, how busy things can be on those new release days now, I suppose. And I've been trained all those years with Steve Odo. You know, I try, I try to have a very light touch when it comes to, you know, reaching out on those days. So I didn't want to bother you, but I think, I guess I had sort of a a misconception about when this was going to be going out because you, the reason why this is timely for the audience here. So, uh, well, we'll pull back the curtain. We are recording this on Sunday, November 13th. People will hopefully be listening to this Wednesday, November 16th. In the middle of that time uh, tomorrow, Monday, November 14th, I'm recording an episode of digging for kryptonite all about that 30th anniversary special that I'm going to be releasing on Tuesday, the 15th. Now I
1: knew I'm already confused.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like time travel. No, no, no.
1: Back to the future.
0: So anyway, I, it was, I needed to get this book really kind of by today so that I could read it uh, in advance of the recording tomorrow night. And I knew when I ordered this from you, you know, through mail order, I knew I was running somewhat of a risk, but I figured, well, if it goes out and I was assuming it would go out that Tuesday, or maybe Wednesday at the latest after you unpacked it. Yeah, so I figured yeah, it's,
1: we, we can't sell Uh, you know, I mean, we, we can sell on Tuesday, according to DC, we can not sell, but you know, we hold everything till that Wednesday. That's yeah. when everything is for sale, including mail order stuff. That's just part of the process, but by all means, Always had me. (laughs) Anybody that has my, you know, direct contact info the way that you do, please use it all the time, all the time.
0: No, and and you know, again, I say all. I have a smile on my face as I'm telling this story, and it all worked out, and it's all fine. And and I could have gone to my local shop. I could have bought it digitally if it really came down to it, and I needed it. So it's all good. But it's just funny because I'm scrolling back through our texts, and on Tuesday at noon or 12:30, you texted me a photo as you were unpacking them. And you said, they're here. And I said, yes, can't wait. Now, again, I made an assumption. I was like, oh, okay, I'd probably be going out very shortly, not realizing that it was, was wouldn't be until Thursday. Now, I learned that on Thursday when you texted me again. Or actually, I texted you to confirm this recording. And you said, also, we are ready whenever you are to send the Supermans <laughs> so you can check into those. And at that well, moment. Well, I meant
1: as far as like ready for your payment. You know, uh, uh, I like to check in and verify before we, you know, charge anybody. For stuff. That's kind of what that was.
0: Well, that's the other thing i I said a couple of times, like, let me know how much and where to pay you. So i I still haven't paid you. I, I, the money, I'm good for it. I'll pay you. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> However, okay. wherever I, I can get it to you, that's fine. But it was just, I remember, uh, I had just picked up my son from preschool and, uh, we, we had this text exchange and, and when said like, they're ready to go out, I said, Oh no, like, <laughs> this, my plan My plan, uh, my plan fell apart, but
1: I think that was going to be a close one. Anyway, um, sometimes mail order stuff, it's there somehow like the next day, no matter where it goes. And other times it's in the wind for a minute. It's just, uh, it's weird sometimes, but I'm glad that Sean came through. So, uh, you're able to, uh, to utilize this item, which is, did you get to read it yet?
0: No, that's my homework for after we record tonight. So I'll be reading it tonight. Uh, in advance of, of tomorrow.
1: Wonderful. I, I uh, I want to know what you think about this book. So I'll be listening.
0: I'm very excited. And again, it's just, you know, the the whole thing made me laugh. And again, it's no big deal. And again, I'm ha- you know, I, I will happily receive the package from Acme. That's coming. We'll get you the money. And I appreciate you shipping those out for me. And again, I don't, you know, we are Sean already had his spotlight episodes, but I do have to, I mean like that really, I have to say, <laughs> I sent him a voice message. I was like, you don't know how clutch this was because it was that that day or the day after Maybe I can't even remember now. It's all it's all blurring together. I think it was that very day because I was already being like, all right, I can I can go here. I can do this. I can do that. And then it just shows up in the mail. This, this Hendrix, the Sean Hendricks. The what is it? Uh, not the hero I deserve, but the hero I needed in that moment.
1: <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, because I assume that he didn't know anything about, you know, his sort of arrangement at all, but he just knew to take action. He just knew, even if it was like going to be a duplicate copy for you, he just knew.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you,
1: Sean.
0: Yeah. Sean, Sean was clutch, but, and now I have a better understanding of, of the Acme mail order process. And I, I'm sure I will uh, use it again at some point to, to the extent that I even buy stuff. I know we talked about this last time, especially now with the whole reading 30 days later on the DC app and all of that. I, I don't know how much physical, purchasing i I will be doing but uh acme of course remains a top option uh in in my book
1: topic topically you know uh, please let me know if there's like a you know super urgency on it i would have popped it in i would have made an exception and guided the mail that tuesday but again you know the whole entirety of a tuesday it's it's a lot so you're kind of brain dead by the end of the day
0: No, I understand. And look, I I take responsibility too. I mean, I I didn't make it clear to you that I, there was such a time crunch on this. I, you know, I didn't, you know, I, again, I made an assumption and I think we both were thinking the other one was on the same page and we weren't. So, but it, it all worked out and it's all good. What has the, since we are, you know, again, this 30th anniversary special just came out. Everyone knows what a big deal that story is for me. And, and, and I know for for you as well, and we're coming up on the 30th anniversary of the death of Superman, what has the reaction to that special been uh, since it came out among your community?
1: Here's the issue with that issue. And, you know, in all of our, our promotions, you know, the, the weekly email that goes out where we spotlight things, our website where we'll, you know add annotations to uh, the new releases. We don't just offer up a cut and paste of like the diamond releases, including item codes. I've never liked that. I've always liked to make the, you have to take the data and make it something that the fan, the consumer can consume, you know, item codes and like you know re- regional restrictions and just like a raw cut and cut and paste. I don't like that. So it takes time. It takes a lot of time for us to generate our presentation of what's coming out this week. But I don't know where people are getting this from, but almost everyone was convinced that this thing was a reprint. I don't know where they're getting that from, but to a person, they all thought it was a reprint. So I had to say, this is not a reprint. This is all new material, cover to cover. Everything is new. New cover, new pinups. Every story in this is new. They've reunited the creative teams from Action Comics, Adventures of Superman, Man of Steel, Superman, the entire... Active creative teams from Louis Simonson, John Bogdanov, Everybody's back to tell new stories, what was happening during the battle, what was happening immediately after the battle. It's the strangest thing. There's been reprints before. I, I, one person said that, I guess they felt some sort of anniversary book was a reprint one time at some point. Comic book fans, their memories are, are interesting sometimes. Something happens one time, every time. That's how it is.
0: Very interesting.
1: It is. It is. I don't know. You know, we were talking before about how I feel like DC themselves don't do a lot of promotion. Maybe that's what it boiled down to that the people weren't seeing from DC with their house ads. There's a lot of house ads. I guess there's only house ads in DC Comics right now, and there could have been a little bit more promo for this kind of once in a lifetime like thing.
0: It, that's very interesting. And I, the sense that I've gotten from social media is that people were dialed into this, but that's clearly not necessarily representative of the general comics buying audience. I mean, I, especially my digging for kryptonite pod, uh, uh Twitter account. I mean, that's most of the accounts I'm following are connect are, you know, the Superman fan pages, Superman creator. So it's, it's a community that's really keyed into all this stuff. But yeah, among the, uh, the more general fan base, it's that's disappointing, I guess, not entirely surprising to hear on on both ends, I suppose. I mean, I I know I've told the story before, but it's one of my all-time favorites from my time working at the shop. But I, I remember we were promoting one of our sales and there was a customer in the store and I was walking around plastering the walls with signs advertising this upcoming sale. And this guy was like right behind me. We were talking like he, we were conversing. He was, he was there. He, how could he not have seen me putting up all these signs? He gets up to the counter and he asks Steve Odo, he goes, Hey, you're having any sales anytime soon? Steve and I thought he was joking. We laughed. Surely he's seen all of these signs.
1: <laughs> the answer was, well, we were. And Steve is <laughs> rushing to remove all signs. <laughs> <Sail canceled. laughs>
0: and but that was that I don't know. That was an important life lesson, I think, in in that experience. And, and recognizing when you think people look, you and I weren't even on the same page with the delivery of this book, but you know, even with something like that you just never know and then i'll i'll also share you know in my day job here one of my varied roles at my job is i, I am a faculty advisor to a certain uh, contingent of our students and you know it's like i'm at least in part responsible for conveying uh course registration information in some way shape or form and you know, there are a lot of times where I get questions about is stuff that we've already, either myself or, or elsewhere through the school, we've communicated to the students in various ways. And, you know, the questions still kind of come back. There's still some confusion. So you just, yeah, you don't know. And uh, I guess however however many messages are going out or however clear <laughs> it seems like they are, you you can't take it for, uh, you know, you can't take it for granted.
1: I mean, it's one of those things where, again, I've always said that, you know, not always, but recently people are absolutely bombarded with data you know if you're awake at 3 a.m you open your emails and you scan through i guess the store email from last week do you remember what you saw i don't know i don't know um here's an interesting one for you though some customers i would ask oh did you get the original death of superman number 75 they'll say no i didn't and it'll occur to me were you anywhere in 1992 are you literally anywhere? And some people say, no, wasn't born yet. Or I was one years old when this book came out. So it's like, what does this book mean to someone that was not alive, was not buying comics at this moment that you and I remember where we were when we could, or in my case, couldn't get a copy of Superman number 75. But what is this item to people that just weren't around for it? What, what is this item? I don't
0: know. Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I for those of us who lived through it and we've talked about it, I think so much of what's wrapped up in our feelings towards the entire event is is what we were experiencing when it came out and having that 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 moment with it. And so, you know, I don't know. I it's not that you you can't have that if you came to it later, but it's not it's not quite the same. I don't know that it would necessarily hold the same weight. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of instances for, for people where it does, but yeah, I mean, probably not to the same, you know, maybe not with the same level of, of intensity,
1: you know? So, and not to hang out too long with, with, uh, death of Superman anniversary at that time, I'm trying to figure out how did I know when this book was coming out? I don't know if I knew what new releases were, or maybe I had figured out. I definitely knew, because I came to this location, the Acme Comics Lawndale location, during lunch when I was like a junior or something, when you could drive off campus. I don't know if he's still there or not. But I knew to come here to look for Superman 75, which, is, of course, I asked for it, which required me to speak. And uh, I was asked, are you on the list? What list? So the answer no. No copy for me to this day. But I wonder, how did I know to go to the store and ask for this particular book. And I think to myself, I wonder, did you ever watch QBC, like the Home Shopping Network thing? Mm Do you remember they would have comic book programs from time to time? And the guy, I don't remember his name. I feel like it was Steve. But he knew just enough about comics that he knew the right questions to ask. He knew how to present things, like uh, the Nightfall issue where where, uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's back is broken by Bane. I remember him reading from the comic Broken. And done. I think maybe it was that that led to my knowing, okay, I got to go find this book as opposed to just wandering into this book because I knew it was a thing. But how would I have known? I don't think Wizard Magazine if it existed at that time, I don't think I was getting it at that time.
0: I, I'm, I know we talked about this years ago the first time that I had you on the show, but I am drawing a blank right now where were you getting your comics at this point, And how long had you been
1: reading? I think that I was still just getting comics off of, you know, whatever spinner racks I could. I definitely didn't know when new releases happened. I didn't know that. I didn't know how it worked. Um, but do, do you know how you knew to go and look for a copy of Superman 75? How did you know?
0: Jermaine, I didn't go and look for it. It found
1: me. <laughs> yes okay okay I, I, i'm remembering that it, i it stumbled
0: upon it we were you know so every time i tell the story i'm like i'm not going to keep telling the story but you open the door for it real quick no i was with my parents at our local mall and there was a hero's world location there and we just walked past it and i stopped in front of it and i had had a superman action figures so like i knew who the character was and there was that window display that i've talked about a million times of, of the super the action figure in the little box like a coffin and that was it. But it was just kind of like stumbling upon the store. I mean, I could double check with my parents. I mean, maybe they said, maybe, you know, they probably said, like, oh, Anthony, do you want to look at, at this store? I, or, or we might have really just been walking by. I, don't, I mean, I was five. So I don't know. I mean, I remember, again, being in front of it. I don't remember exactly the lead up to it. But it definitely was not, it wasn't, I certainly had no idea this thing was out there. And it definitely wasn't my parents being like, oh, we heard Superman died. Let's go check it out. It wasn't that.
1: That's so interesting. It's you destiny. Know, had you kept walking, had you picked out a, you know, X Men comic, are we here right now? I don't know.
0: Probably not. Now I think about that a lot. So, yeah, it's uh, it it, it is very interesting, and this actually, this actually ties into uh, one of our patron questions. So we had a couple of questions from uh, Brian. Oh, great! And this, we 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 did address this last time when you talked about how. Virtually all of the DC books and the, the solicitations regularly are are Batman related in some way, shape, or form. So we touched on this, but I think this this kind of further teases out the issue here. So this is the question from Brian. He says the January twenty twenty three solicitations were released, and there is no solo title available featuring Superman. Action Comics is switching to an anthology book with three stories by different creative teams. Uh, you know they'll be focusing on the family. Uh, Clark Kent will have no solo book for the first time in my lifetime, Brian says. How do you both feel about that? With Henry Cavill coming back as Superman with the 30th anniversary of the death of Superman, getting some attention and anticipation, what is going on with DC and Superman? Now, I know coming out of New York Comic Con, there will be an ongoing solo Superman title written by Joshua Williamson, and I believe Tom Taylor uh, is moving over to a John Kent, like a six-issue John Kent miniseries called Adventures of Superman. And then Action Comics will be this anthology, family-centric book. So there, we will we will be getting one, but I guess for the small window of time, you don't have a, a solo Superman book. But yeah, again, as much as we touched on this last time, what, what was your reaction to that or any further thoughts just on the state of, of DC, specifically with its most iconic character?
1: Well, I, I mentioned this to someone recently, not just Superman specific, which, which we will get into that. Right now, your ongoing superhero monthly titles are Action Comics, Superman, uh, 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 Son of Kal-El, Flash, Wonder Woman, meaning there's no Green Lantern monthly series. You know what no one has asked? Where is the Green Lantern series? I think that's not good. Because if DC is building up to some sort of here, you know, the, the return of the DC universe... Green Lantern, Teen Titans, this, 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 they're all back. I'm a little concerned that people are okay with their absence or haven't noticed their absence. Meaning that if these concepts boldly return, I wonder if the audience has gotten used to them not being there. I'm a little concerned about that. Like I said, no one has said, hey, I haven't gotten Green Lantern in a while. What's going on with that? Not a soul.
0: That that is potentially quite telling. Very interesting to hear that. Uh, I'll just say this. I, I think. I think, as far as the people directly working on these characters, I I do have faith. I actually know the editor of the Superman line, uh, Paul Kaminsky. He used to be a customer at Alternate Realities when I was in California a few years ago. He invited me to the DC offices. I, I know he loves the like. That's the thing. I know there's a lot of love and care there. Similarly with these creators, with Philip Kennedy Johnson and Tom Taylor, now Josh Williamson. I mean, I I, I think there's. I think these books are being made with with love for the character. That's my sense, at least how much faith do I have in the larger corporate structure behind them? Not a lot, <laughs> not a lot. I, you know, so I'm grateful for whatever they're able to do, but as far as this over, and I mean, this is a whole, I mean, this is a much larger conversation, not just about the comics, but also now the the film and television division, all of that. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on there and a lot of moving pieces right now, but, but what you bring up really is an interesting point. And See, this is the one downside though, of recording these monthly, because I forget if I said this last time, <laughs> but I, but, but, you know, I know you don't remember either. So was, it'll be fresh. Maybe the audience forgot too. So it'll be fresh. But has there been, have you experienced uh, from your customers, from the Acme community, any fatigue, any sense of oversaturation with all these bad books? Because I scroll through the solicitations. I talk with fellow alternate realities alum, rich Roney on weekends. And we're like, can you believe like it's so many Batman books. They're oversaturated the market. How much demand could there be for Batman? But I don't know, boots on the ground Are are are, do people seem tired of it? Or it's like, no, like bring on all the
1: Batman. No, people have officially noticed people have officially noticed um, that there is so much Batman content, you know, if, and I'm sure you'll remember this because it's been this way through my whole retail career. Batman is a book people get and Detective Comics could have something amazing going on in there. Wolverine could be in Detective Comics on a monthly basis and people are not going to get Detective Comics. You know, you think of uh, I want to say at the same time that Hush was going on, I think that there was a Ed Brubaker storyline in Detective with Tim Sale covers and it went completely unnoticed. I feel like there's not even been a graphic novel of that story. It's just how it's always been. So if that is the case, and yes, there's always room for some type of Special project, always. But I think there's just been so much... So much content that... Some of it I question its existence. Others, it is good, but it's getting squeezed out. It's absolutely getting squeezed out because there's so much pressure on the Batman fans to do all of the lifting of a brand. Of a comic book brand. I can't imagine a, a world where... Most of Marvel's output was Spider Man content to the expense of, oh, there's no Iron Man title right now, but here's another Spider Man miniseries. That's just, uh, I, I can't imagine that. They talk about the, uh, when did the DC implosion happen? Was that the early 70s where they just really had to retract all these projects? There were ongoing series that the final issues never came out. It's full retraction. Did that happen and we didn't notice? Hmm. Did that happen? Are we living through some type of unlabeled, scenario and we didn't notice that's what it was
0: interesting very it interesting
1: is a, i think about that all the time or what are what are we living through right now we're living through something what is it
0: i mean maybe it's one of those things only with a little time and distance will we will we be able to get some perspective on it uh, you know i guess the last thought i have on this and you know not to turn this into a digging for kryptonite episode but Certainly as a Superman fan, it can be frustrating to see, I mean, at least we have action, at least we have Super, you know, again, like you said, there's no Green Lantern book, so at least there's still Superman content coming out, but not, not as much as there once was. You know, I've been spending a lot of time revisiting the Triangle era. We had five ongoing Superman titles.
1: Five Five. ongoing series, which is basically, Superman was a weekly character. You got to, each week, have something going on in continuity with your character. You had Elseworlds miniseries, you had... A lot of content, and I don't know if you felt overwhelmed or just like, cool, there's Superman stuff around.
0: That's a good question. I don't know that I have a good answer for it. I don't, I definitely didn't feel overwhelmed, but I do wonder if, you know, if, I don't know how excited I necessarily was all the time because it was just sort of always there. I think you can get a little bit complacent. And that actually leads me to the point I was going to make where, yes, do I wish that there was more Superman content coming out? Sure. Uh, of course I do. But at the same time, would I, would I want the situation to be reversed right now where it was this, this glut of Superman titles and, you know, maybe one or two Batman books? I don't know because there's something about some, about the underdog. I don't know where, where it's just sort of like as a Superman fan, it's like, you want more, you feel like the character's not getting, you know, getting his due, but I don't know if we had so much. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it it just would be it'd be fun, and I, I would enjoy it. But there's there's something that's you know it's a little bit more uh, more rare and more unique when, when we do get something like that. But so I just I I don't know. I, I think the well, the best answer is we just need some balance. I, you know, <laughs> but we don't have that right now.
1: It, it's not just that, but you think about. I've always said the 1990s was very good to DC Comics because they were just trying stuff. Death yeah, of Superman. Bruce Wayne is down for the count. Have a different Batman. What's he going to do next? Right now, it seems like things are very safe and very complacent. You know, why not have a Teen Titans versus the Legion of Superheroes miniseries? That way, the characters and the concepts are on the shelf. Get Deathstroke and Orange Lantern. Like, do something. Do something. I feel like right now, things are just sort of on a set it and forget it, is what I feel is going on. Whereas right now, I feel like they should really get experimental, just throw some concepts out there, do some, do some things.
0: I'm with you. No, I don't disagree. You know, before we take a commercial break, one more question, especially this notion of your customers, not, not knowing what that 30th anniversary special was thinking it was a reprint. So, I mean, regardless of how effective or how prevalent the messaging was, you know, DC did promote this at least to some extent. I read the press release; it explained what it was. The creators have been out there doing interviews about it. You know, certainly, I know you've been tweeting. You you know talked about it in the newsletter. Do what level of frustration do you feel when customers come in and still still don't know? And what like what else can you do? I mean, it really does it at that point. Does it really just come down to the good old fashioned classic Lord Retail hand selling? Like, is is this one of those instances where the best and only thing you can do at a certain point is? Each Superman fan who comes in, be like, hey, did you know that this is all new content?
1: Oh, I'm definitely gonna take them on ship to ship. I'm not going to, you know, it's gonna be the hand sell for sure. Because I get it. I get it. People are bombarded with stuff. There's always some like uh you know, limited edition Blu-ray release or some sort of t-shirt. I only have 24 hours to to make a decision on. I miss stuff all the time. You know, so I'm kind of understanding of oh. I did know that was coming out. I just forgot. I, I, is it now already? I think that's part of it, too. I think some people do not realize that we have, what, a month and some change left in this year? I think people do not know that. <laughs> that's part of it. They say, oh, I thought this was coming later. Well, Later is now. Later was last week. Um, But, yeah, I will absolutely, uh at that point of contact with that person right in front of me, I will definitely talk up wherever the item is. Um, and we also ordered it, I ordered I feel like a lifetime supply, because I felt like that wasn't a Wednesday item so much as a Saturday, I haven't been in a comic book store in 10 years, or I haven't been in a comic book store in 25 years, and they see that item, and I say, oh, what is this? Or they'll look at the, the sealed black bag, and they'll say, oh, I have one of those, and I'll say, no, you don't. Here's what it is. So, it's intended to be, in my opinion, an evergreen novelty item is what the plan was on that one
0: you know we've had a lot of fun talking about how when i was filming the documentary i asked you how many copies of action 1000 you ordered and please, I, please don't do this <laughs> i was gonna save it for the very end i won't you know i won't ask it all you ordered enough that it'll always be in stock at acme comics so certain please, covers yes yeah. certain covers yes
1: um we did at least <laughs> we did at least i believe we did at least a hundred copies because we did have one of those one in 100 foil variants. that did find a home. So it was at least a hundred copies across the various covers. It's also a large book. So the stack is a little deceptive about exactly how tall it is. Gotcha.
0: Well, listen before the last thing, before we take a commercial break audience, while this is the end of our Lord retail trilogy, this episode, this is not the end of my comic shop history, but as I have been Teasing in these episodes. The end is coming. Next year in 2023, the My Comic Shop History podcast will sign off for good. I know we've had various finales here and there over the years. This is the final run of episodes coming in 2023, a very special quarterly farewell event. So, one episode, I'm sure there'll be big episodes, one episode per season of the year in which I will reunite with the innermost circle from alternate realities our Bill Mayos, our Rich Ronies, and of course, our Steve Odos, as we get together one more time and catch up and say a fond farewell to the alternate realities legend and this podcast. So it's called Four All Seasons, four quarterly episodes, starting in winter 2023, and it will be the farewell event for My Comic Shop History. So make sure that as we head into the new year that you keep tuning in. Follow along on social media as well. I'll be posting announcements about when the episodes are going to start to drop. I'm it's, it's a very bittersweet affair, but I feel like it's time and uh, I'm excited to sort of, to sort of bring this in strong and, and have a, have a powerful finish to this podcast. So that's, what's coming up. You ready, Jermaine?
1: Ready as I'm going to (laughs) be.
0: All right. So let's take a quick commercial break and then we will continue this once in future Lord retail trilogy finale. We'll be right back acme comics is a locally owned and operated full-service comic book store in greensboro north carolina for people of all ages and walks of life since 1983 this nine-time eisner award nominee uses their collective knowledge and resources to connect you with the best material available they pride themselves on their significant contemporary and vintage back issue selection mail order subscriptions to new releases are available and all offerings are available to anyone anywhere via mail order Follow Acme on social media and eBay, listen to the AcmeCast on all podcast services, and visit acmecomics.com for much more. Film lovers and filmmakers should check out this family of film festivals, Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On To Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In The Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. I was fortunate enough to have my work shown at these festivals, and I found them to be very enjoyable and well-run events. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals generally, can be found at FilmFreeway.com. Follow the festivals on social media for news and updates about events, discounts, tickets, and more. Also, be sure to listen to the Hang On To Your Shorts and Cullen on Film podcasts available via a shared universe network. Fat Moose Comics is New Jersey's best and oldest comic book store. Established in 1982 and currently under new ownership, Moose sells a wide selection of new and old comics from every publisher, action figures, graphic novels, posters, statues, and more. If you're looking for something and they don't have it, they can probably get it for you. They know a guy. Visit Fat Moose in Whippany the next time you're in the Garden State, and be sure to reach out via the Fat Moose Comics Facebook page. Flat Squirrel Productions is an affiliate of BCW Supplies, The next time you need to restock on comic book bags, boards, boxes, and more, be sure to use promo code FSP, that's FSP for Flat Squirrel Productions, to save 10% on your order, and it helps support the show. Thank you. All Yeah Comics celebrates and promotes everything that is wonderful about comics, toys, artwork, and the joy they bring to people. Visit them in person at one of their three locations, Harrison, New York, which happens to be my local comic shop, skokie illinois or muncie indiana if you have children and have been looking for a family friendly store look no further join all yeah for exciting events including creator signings how to's and more visit ayacomics.com and follow Aya yeah on social media for more their name says exactly how they feel about it Aya. yeah and we're back okay we still have a lot of ground to cover my friend i I want to, you know, I, we've been teasing about doing a, like a the Secret Life of Lord Retail episode. Like, what does he do when he's you not at the I store? A life. <laughs> Maybe this will be a short segment. I do have, I want to, and, you know, to whatever extent, if at all, you want to address this, but we talked last time about how, just like Rich Roney and the alternate realities community, for you and, and Acme, you know, you've been here for so many years, you've seen so many people come through, and you've seen how how their lives have changed. And we talked about how, you know, like with Rich Roni, like you've been this constant for a lot of people, but it sort of begs the question of, you know, and I'm paraphrasing our our last conversation, but you know, is there a risk of, of of stagnation, perhaps, or or just sort of some some sort of mixed feeling about seeing others sort of embark on these new stages of life, you know, while while you have remained this constant, and I guess the question I have is you know less so on the career side because i have more questions about that later but just on the personal side to whatever extent if at all you want to address this in terms of of a relationship whether it's a marriage or not like children is that something that's that that's that you foresee on your horizon is it something that you want is it something that you're open to is it something that you don't see in in the future for you where what do you foresee for yourself
1: what do i foresee for myself i foresee pricing this long box of comics and having 14 more to to, uh, to get put out for sale. I definitely foresee that hmm, magic eight ball ask again later. Um, I don't know. I, I ask myself sometimes if I did have those things, would I have been unable to do this thing? Meaning, you know, would I now be, owner of the store which somebody asked me yesterday, hey, do you own the store? And I once again hesitated. Man, that's uh that's just weird. Because again, you know, you go so long giving one answer, and it's not a question I get all the time. So when I the person asked hey, nanosecond, 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 think, like, oh yes, yes I do. Uh, yes I am. Um would I have been able to get to this point if I had those other things? I I don't know. Would I even be good at those things? I have no idea. I'm leaning towards probably not good at those things. Um, I don't know. Because I think about, okay, I made it. I'm here. Is this the start of some type of generational wealth? Is that what this is? Something to, to pass on? Something to build off of? Currently, it's not it's just me I mean not, not not literally just me that's not what I'm saying but as far as okay I made it what am I doing here I don't know I don't know you know how sometimes uh, people have kids and the kid has no interest in their thing like a uh, kid loves cars doesn't love comic books at all cars is the thing so there's always that um, but I just don't know I don't foresee anything being different from how it is now. So I think I need to use the power of this business to do as much as I can to make things better for someone else. Be it the people that work here, people that are part of this thing, be it getting more graphic novels in some underserved media center somewhere be it sponsoring some local artist that's really good that maybe has never been to a convention before. I don't know. I feel like that's the thing I gotta do rather than think about other stuff that may or may not be happening. These are things that I can do. And I gotta get gotta get doing those things. I don't know if that answered the question at all, for I completely deflected it to where you're not sure if I answered it or not.
0: No, I mean I, I think I think you did to the extent that you could. And and here's the thing. Oh first let me say that as your friend and as a general supporter, I, I hope that you achieve and attain whatever it is you want, whatever that might be. And and that's why I, I phrased the question the way I did because you know the answer might you know again the, the sort of family life that that I propose that not not everybody seeks that right. So if you you might say no, that's not the path for me. So I, again, I I, I don't want to present this as like, hey, don't you want to get married and have a kid? You know, I, that might not be you know your, your
1: path. I mean, I. I look up to a lot of people that I see, you know, be it, be it customers that, that I deal with. Um, um, Greg, who's a uh, generous donation I'm literally utilizing right now via, via podcast equipment. Um, LC, um, I look at people like uh, Bendis, the fractions, just the way they are. With their family being super present, being super attentive, even though they've got stuff going on. They've got places to be, they've got stuff going on, but they are very attentive to their families, trying to provide the best possible experience for their kids. I see you doing the same thing. So, you know, I genuinely and deeply respect that more than say, like, oh, this uh, business tycoon is, you know, just bought another building or something like that. that I have that means nothing to me. What was does mean something to me is when I see people being present, providing as good of a experience with memories as possible with their kids. That, that means a lot to me. That sort of thing it goes a long way.
0: No, I, I, I can appreciate that. And I appreciate the kind words and I, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because uh, you know, my wife and I, like our first, couple years of marriage, I mean, it's not like we, we were not a hundred percent set that we would definitely have children. You know, we weren't sure we were open to it, but we didn't know. And, you know, then we, we did ultimately make that decision and it's, you know, he's been the best thing ever for, for, for both of us. And, but, you know, again, it's, it's, everyone has their, you know, their, their own path. I will say, just as we were saying about, you know, you don't know if you would have been able to do all of this, you know, with, with the family, at least as far as actually i mean in terms of both my my day job and the podcasting i have accomplished more <laughs> or generated more <clears throat> uh in in these past few years since we've had our son than i ever have before it, it's it's this weird thing where everything like locks into place and you you know you do what you need to do you know what's most important and you you sort it all out i, I don't know it's hard to explain but i a couple of other things though i when you talk about you know Sometimes people have kids and they have no interest in, in <laughs> what their parents do. I mean, Steve Odo is a perfect example of that. His son, who recently got married, and Steve and I will talk about that when he's on the show next year, but I, mean, I think for Steve, one of the reasons Steve ultimately sold the collection that he had amassed, and this is going back now well over a decade that he sold everything, but one of the reasons he sold was that his son had no interest in it, and, you know, I I, I think there was, I, I'm sure he wished that his son did, right, and that he could pass this on, this legacy you know, that, that he had built. So, you know, that definitely can happen. And then as you know, right, I've encountered a lot of, of comic shop owners and it's such a mix, right? Sometimes you do have just the solo, the solo operator, uh, you know, who, who doesn't have a family in the stores, everything they do, but then you have these, you see other instances of, of husband and wife teams or, or, you know, whole families who kind of get in on it. So it's, I, I, I guess I've seen that every kind I've of configuration that. that you can think of is out there.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, I I also know that the the store, retail business in general, small business, micro business, can just take a lot. It can take a lot. It can keep you away from your home for a number of hours, you know, because there will always be something else to do. There will always be something else to do. But I've tried to in the last few years, several years, tried to adopt the notion that work's going to be there. As long as I'm here, there's always going to be one more thing to do the next day. So I have to kind of manage. I think it's time for me to leave for now where, you know what I'm, I'm leaving when everybody else does, you know, because work's going to be there. It's always going to be there. And I think figuring that out and, you know, maybe it came too late, but again, everything happens you know, for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. I'm, where I am in life for some sort of reason, yet to be determined, ongoing, but uh, work is always going to be there. You know, there was a guy in today, he was talking about how he'll regularly draw characters on napkins for his kids. That's just what he does with them. And even though he may have to fly out for work the next day. He's like, all right, I got to pack. I got to do this. I got to send this email off. I got to draw the napkins, you know, and, and I told them that's really cool that you that you do that. That you meet their expectation of this thing that, you know, doesn't mean a whole lot, but it's something they're always going to remember. Yeah, these napkins. You, used to, you remember you used to draw on the napkin, leave it for us? They would remember that, I think. I think it is, it's exactly that. I think it is,
0: it is those little things that, yeah yeah
1: always the little things. It always was the little things,
0: yeah that's what that's what stands out, and that's what stands the test of time. not that's a very powerful sentiment, and I don't mean to undermine that, but hypothetically, like, let's say in the near future, you decided, hey, you know, I think I do you know marriage family, i think I think you know maybe that's in the cards for me and and you you were looking to meet someone. what would how would you go about it would it would it be a dating app? would it be I, I don't know, someone maybe you already know who's a friend. Would it be asking someone to set you up? Would it be a matchmaker? Would it be going out to the Greensboro bars? Like, wh- how how would you even approach it if, if you if you got into that zone of like, okay, this is something that I, I think I want to pursue, having this type of, of home life?
1: I've done all the above. <laughs> I've done all of the above to uh, varying results, which lead me to here where I'm aggressively unattached (laughs) aggressively unattached but uh i don't know um i do have a this is absurd i do have a dating profile that's out there been out there for a number of years years multiple years and the thing i don't mention is is uh and i kind of like comic books too maybe i should change that maybe i should be very clear about yes i know comic books very well I I know Star Trek pretty well. Like I know all this stuff. Maybe that's the thing that, and I'm not doing that because I'm necessarily trying to hide anything, but that falls under me. Not, not being good at talking about myself in a personal way. You know, if it was a profile for the store, I'm talking about all the stuff and all the, the accolades and this, that, and the other, but if it's just me, I'm not good at that. Cause I showed it to someone and they said, this description that you gave for yourself, this is not who you are. What is this?
0: All right. This is fascinating to me because. Here we go. To not mention comics is, is excising one of the most defining aspects of your, your, your interests and your career. What? So now though this, Oh, I'm so fascinated by this because.
1: (laughs) What sort of hollow presentation. (laughs) Who is this now what? you're getting through the raw like who is this person underneath the hat who is this <laughs> nothing it's actually <absolutely> nothing
0: <laughs> well that's sort of my question well no i'm like so what is what is on that profile
1: what, like, i'll what? show i'll show it to you and you'll just say what is this <laughs> who is this i don't know if i want to know this person who is this
0: i mean can you is there you know again you don't have to read it to us on the air but i mean just like generally speaking what Because look, one of the we talk about the secret life, uh, quote unquote, of Lord Retail. You know, some of the stuff that I wanted to ask you about is what, what other stuff are you into? Do you have any non-comics hobbies? What kind of movies do you like? What you know, I know you love checking out the local restaurants from the plate of Lord Retail and that hashtag and all that stuff. So I did kind of want to get into your your I guess just personal and non-comics interests. So I feel like this is a natural segue here. So in that profile, if you're not mentioning that. You, you've had this decades long affiliation with the comic shop that you now own and you have been a lifelong fan and, and all that. What, so what, what is there? What do you mention in that profile?
1: I don't know. It's, it's Anthony. It's weird out there. Okay. It's real weird out <laughs> there. You know, some of the profiles I look at, they want you to have a job or not currently be in jail or, you know, have most of your teeth, not to be like, you know, not to be like that. Cause you know, dental stuff is expensive. I know that it is. But, you know, there's just a lot of weird minimums that people are asking for. It's just weird right now. So you don't Um, put,
0: do you say, do you say like I'm in retail or do you just not say anything, you don't put anything for a job or? I don't think I even mentioned that part.
1: Just that, you know, I'm fairly stabilized in life. (laughs) <laughs> um, is, that the little know, blur- the is that the
0: little blurb I, I- under your picture fairly stabilized
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I've got a I got a vehicle I, I own a home a mansion and a yacht <laughs> but uh man I was not prepared to talk about this one but hey you get uh you get the real me you were able to somehow coax out the real me and now here I am and you're like what is this <laughs> how do I put it back how do I put it back um I'm not a foodie. I'm not, but I like good food. I like good food, um, especially when I travel. And I like to promote places that I've found. You know, uh, I I was showing someone around town recently, and we've eaten at a lot of, you know, local places. And they said, how does Applebee stay open when there's places like all these things that I've seen this week available? I was like, I don't know. Even I'm still discovering new places all the time. Um, Trying to get a little more proficient with Indian food. I don't know it very well. And um, I've been sampling some of what is available here in town. It's been amazing. I'm still discovering new stuff. And if I do find something good, I definitely want other people to know where it is. Because every business needs one more person to, you know, do business with them on a weekly basis. Because that's really what it is. One person at a time even for our business, just picking up one new person that, you know, spends $10 a week or $15 a week. That's a thing. That's forward motion.
0: Yes. No, that's, that's a, uh, that's a wonderful thing. And i uh, speaking of travel. So any, I guess, what is the extent of your travel? Like I've met, my wife is very well traveled. I've never, I've never been to Europe. I mean, I've left the United States to like islands and stuff, but I've never been, I've never been to Europe. Have, have you, are there, are there places that are on your bucket list that you want to visit?
1: I don't even have a passport. I don't even have a passport. So maybe they'll change someday. I don't know. Um, When I've watched uh, Anthony Bourdain's travel shows, if I see something like amazing, I keep a list of if I'm ever in this place, these are the places to go. Um, Somebody feed Phil. I don't know if you watch that or anybody listening watches it. It's so good. It's Phil Rosenthal from a show I never watched.
0: Yes. Yeah. Everybody loves Uh, Raymond.
1: Yeah. I never saw a single episode but he's the creator of that show. He's a super nice guy he travels around and he's so positive and upbeat and he tries different foods from places and he's just so like genuine like this tastes good and this light comes in onto his face where he's just eating something really good and i'll take a note of where he was and i'll say okay if i'm ever in austin texas these are the places i'm going to if i'm ever in new york city these are the places i'm going to you know not uh the touristy places but places like that i keep a list just in case i ever travel. On the one hand, I like to travel. On the other hand, I don't feel like going anywhere because I'm tired. So, But every now and then I get motivated that, yeah, I'm going to go to this place. Right now there's a pretty significant trip that my uh, movie friends or or just, you know, immediate group of friends are kind of talking about. Um, We're collectively Twin Peaks fans of that tv show i don't know if you've ever seen it before i do recommend it i think you could appreciate it, it it's a journey it's an experience twin peaks um i remember it coming on i think if i was in middle school and i would watch the intro and then change the channel to something else i did that a lot as a kid i'd watch the intro and watch something else um but there's a chance to visit some of the locations in the pacific northwest where where uh things were shot, you know, exterior shots, interior shots, and there's a a, a whole tour system of that. I'm I'm thinking about it. Well, I've never been I've been to the West Coast under my own power at my own pace. I've driven there twice to San Diego, but Pacific Northwest, never uh never been there, never breathed that air, never seen those sights. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure what I'll do. Cool.
0: I I mean, how often How often do you travel, and and when you do, is it, I mean, how often is it comics-related, like you're going to a convention or something like that?
1: Always. Oh, yeah. Always. I went to Nashville, Tennessee, because BotCon, the Transformers convention, returned after a long absence is why I was there in Nashville. So, the majority of my travel, do you count it as a vacation if there's a Comic-Con attached to it when this is what you do for work? Is that a vacation, or is it just an aspect, a branch of work. Do I flip I flip a switch and I'm in work mode. If I'm like, okay, this customer asked me for this, I got to buy it. Or I need to be shopping for this person. I do consistently flip that switch where I'm in work mode.
0: I mean, my two cents, I would say you define it however you like. I think if you're, I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying. If you're looking for something for someone, but I would sort of, if I were drawing some arbitrary, not arbitrary, but some hypothetical line of demarcation here, I mean, I, I don't know, it's like if you're going as a vendor for example, then I would say would say that's a work trip. But if you're going really as a fan, especially for Transformers and even if you happen to be looking for something for someone, I don't know. I was still cuz I mean traveling to, for a convention for something you enjoy. I mean that's, you know, that's that's a vacation or it can be.
1: It can be. But have I just done something not attached to anything comics or, or collectibles? I don't know if I have in a very long time. Maybe I got to fix that. Maybe I got to fix that.
0: Do you have, like I said, I, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, any non comics, comics adjacent hop? I mean, is there anything else that any other, well, like I know your first job, because we talked about this in the documentary interview that, you know, before Acme, you worked as a mechanic, right? Do you have an interest in cars?
1: I don't believe that I do, but watching something like a uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in cars, getting coffee. Have you ever seen that show before? Yeah, yeah. It's so good, you know, because you're, you know, I I used to love comedy a lot as a kid, I kind of forgot that, you know, the the early comedy channel where they'd show clips of stand-up or uh, I think HBO would have like specials even back in the 1990s. I just really really love comedy. And that show will talk to a comedian about stuff, but they'll also Seinfeld's a car guy, and he'll talk in detail about some car that maybe I've never even heard of before. And I guess there is some minute area of the brain where I'm like, Ooh, what's that?
0: All right, I'm just building out this dating profile in my head. Of, you know, <laughs> teeth, homeowner, <laughs> has a vehicle, <laughs> uh, used to like comedy.
1: <laughs> yeah, used to used to be funny. <laughs>
0: Re- remembers that he used to like comedy and uh, has has seen a lot of television show intros.
1: I don't know. Like I said, it's just rough out there. You should take it real personal that, you know, there'd be zero interest, zero responses. Now I don't really take it personal. It's just, you know, it's tough out there. There's a lot of, uh, probably a lot of nonsense coming at people. So I don't take it personal you know, all right.
0: at, at all. I'll leave you alone on the dating profile. I, again, I, I don't, I still didn't really get, I, I, I really would love more of an answer about what, what is actually there. You know, if you're not mentioning the comics, if it's just...
1: Oh, I'll show you. I'll, I'll send right. you a, a a screenshot and you'll say, what is this, man? What is this? But I will say, on a, on a
0: serious note, I do, if, if you ever delve more into the dating app world, and I I never did. I mean, I, you know, they existed when I was still single, but not to the extent that they do now. And I mean... It's real
1: bad. Let me reiterate. It's real bad <laughs> out there.
0: So I am not saying any of this from first hand experience with the apps. However, you know one of the things that was so special when my wife and I first became friends and then started dating was, was a shared interest, like our shared interests and bonding over that. And so I think putting it out there that, that comics are a part of your life. And it's, that's the thing with, with you and it's not like, Oh, it's like, he's kind of into comics. It's like, it's a huge part of who you are. And if that allows you to connect with someone else out there who, who uh, shares that to any extent, that's a beautiful thing. And it's a wonderful foundation to, to build from
1: because I am seeing in certain profiles that person will come out and say, love Star Trek, you know, love comic books. Look at my Batman tattoo. Like I'll, I'll see that. And I'm like, well, maybe I need to be more forthcoming with exactly what's going on here. What have I got to lose? right?
0: Although, you know, I'm listen, the way you deflect questions, you could, I, you, I could see you dating someone for like a few months and still never bring up comics. I'd be like, Oh, what do you do? And you have some vague answer about a store. Like,
1: no, yeah. Nothing right now. <laughs> talking to you right now. Um, <laughs> I can't say that's never happened. <laughs> I can't say it's never happened before. Um, symptom of a larger, much larger problem. Tip of the iceberg.
0: All right. Listen, I'll let you, I'll, I'll leave you alone on that. But I do want to ask you about just the, the career wise, the future of the Lord retail brand and Acme comics. And I guess I'm just curious, what, what if any end game, not, not even end game, but, but next next hurdle to clear next goal do, do you see because i it, you know for example like on the lord retail front is it is it some sort of methodology that you that you develop and sell to other stores like this is how you can lay out your shop this is how you can go about your pull you know your pull list system is it something like that where it's the, some sort of lord retail methodology that's that's being branded and sold and and popping up in shops across the country is it more Acme locations in Greensboro, really establishing an even stronger foothold in the area. Is it franchising it out and having Acmes in other parts of the country? Like, what if any of those d- m- might be might be in the future? Do you think
1: the first thing that you said is what I really want to do? You know, be it build some sort of network of communication, or literally going to places, maybe spending a week. With a retailer to kind of see what's going on, find out what they feel their issues are, and coming with solutions together because a lot of the successes that we have experienced here are not universal to all regions. You know, if you're a store that your clientele appreciates variant covers in CGC graded 9.8, fill in the blank, doesn't matter what's in the case, it's 9.8, then a lot of my science may not be applicable or I I could perhaps figure out something else in in order to cultivate an audience that isn't there or that is being underserved. I don't know, but uh, a part of me would kind of love to do that for the comics industry. There's, There's so much more to, there's more to comics retail than what Marvel and DC put out this week. You know, I I tell stores sometimes that are experiencing frustration with the publishers, the distributors. Completely understand it. I'm experiencing it. I, I live it day to day. But there's also, what do you already have in your store and how can you utilize it? What can you do with it? What's going on in your community that you could perhaps plug into to remind people that reading can be part of your entertainment diet you know, not just TV and novels, et cetera, et cetera, that perhaps a graphic novel could be part of your entertainment diet. What's going on? You can do despite, you know, what's being done to you by outside forces. Well, what's something you can do? What's something you can do? I don't know, but I I think that the answers are within each store, within each store, you know, so, rather than, I don't know about franchising. I don't, I don't know. It would all depend on. Every industry is looking for the right people right now. Everyone's looking for the best available people. You know, the complex works no exception. Um, we've been super lucky that that's, uh, you know, I, I've been in the presence of outstanding people. I still am. You know, to the to the point where when I've been, I like to say I don't get burnout, but maybe I do. Well, I don't think it was burnout so much as just I've had a lot happen in the last five, six years that was really difficult. Some of it you know about, some of it you don't know about. Cause I haven't told you yet, but I will. But I don't know if it's quite burnout or I've just been through some stuff to where I wasn't always at my best you know even when I'm at my bare minimum I can still I can still do stuff I can still get things done but I really feel literally like today I feel like I've got ideas I feel like I've got things I want to do I feel like I want to I feel like I can get back out there and do some different things. I feel like I'm going through, like I said earlier, are we living through something and don't know it? I feel like I am living through some, and I usually don't feel this way I feel like it's a constant, but I feel like there's something new and different going on for Acme comics right now. And the fact that I'm noticing that maybe that is the key. Maybe that's a key that I, that I am detecting that something different happening here some sort of different era that's about to begin. I think that's the, the the new thing that I usually don't notice. I don't know if that answered your question at all.
0: <clears throat> no, it so. does. I I and I No, I really think there's something to to what you're saying where, you know, shops yes, will always will always be at the mercy in some way shape or form to the publishers, to the distributors, but the more that that you can do to you know, to really hone what your store focuses on and how you go about what you do, the more the more control you can maintain and probably the more that you can weather when you're dealing with those other challenges. I, you know, I, I can certainly see what the value would be in, in terms of what it is you would be building or in terms of the, the, the advice or whatever this hypothetical product is that, that we're talking about, the, the Lord retail method you know, obviously you've dealt with a lot of retailers online in person at retailer conferences and stuff. Do you get the sense that there would be enough retailer? And I don't say this, I think it's a wonder. I hope you pursue it. I would I would love it and I'd be a big you know in your corner, you know that. So I don't say this to be a, a downer at all. But do you think that there would be enough retailers out there who would be willing to listen to someone and also to pay for something like that?
1: I think that initially it would have to be people that I'm already friends with, that have known me for years, and that would be open to, yeah, come by for about a week, see what you can see, and maybe help out because we're having a hard time here. We're having a real hard time. Now, after several successes, I guess, where a person could say, okay, yeah, this is uh, something different happening now based upon our interaction we're doing better now having a number of those situations and testimonials, then people that are entirely unfamiliar with me, maybe there is something, uh, uh, a service that is not free because the goal is increasing sales at your business. And, you know, I've always said that it's not about, I need to make more money at this business so I can do more things. You know, if sales are up, that means that we can put a fresh coat of paint on something. If sales are up, we can try this new product line. You know, I'm all about infrastructure. I'm, I'm really, that's important to me. To put back into the business, to do more with the business. You know, that's, that's my thing. That's just how it is.
0: Gotcha. Do you think that, because the wheels are turning as, as you're saying all that, and I I mean, what you're saying totally makes sense as far as you know, starting with people you know and, and building out from there and, and sort of having that organic growth. Do you think there would be any, is there any scenario where you would see yourself pursuing, for example, like a leadership position in Comics Pro, the Comics Pro organization, where now you have this audience of retailers out there Uh, as a way to sort of not short circuit this process that we're describing, but, you know, reach more people more quickly. Is that something that would be of any interest?
1: At this stage, I am wondering if I still need to be a part of comics pro. That's something that popped into my head the other day. I don't know. You know, I've had some experiences there where I look at the, the posts, but I haven't commented in years because of some things that happened to me. On that message board, and there wasn't any relief as far as like, hey, can you, can somebody stop this from happening? wasn't any relief. So, you know, I said, and as you know, people have long memories that, you know, the leadership has changed over a few times, but they're still, that's just how I feel about it. So, sometimes I, what is it they say? Um, If you don't have a seat at the table, make your own table. I think that's kind of where I'm at. Um, cause there was a period of time where I felt very isolated here. You know, you're, you're doing your thing and there's nobody understands you, but then there was a point where I did discover comics pro and that was cool It's like, Oh, okay. I, I, I have a place here. You know, I've, I've been doing this longer than a lot of the people that, that are members, which I forget that sometimes I, I've been doing this longer than a lot of other people. Not to, not to say that just doing it for a long time means that you have, more fill in the blank than anybody else. That's not really what I mean, but I think that sometimes I get, even I get intimidated, you know, by some of the old, you know, the old guard of, of retailers. And sometimes it comes out that I have been doing it longer than who I thought the old guard was. Um, but I think I need to make my own table. And I guess I've known that for a while. I just haven't done anything about it. You know, Day-to-day retail drains the life out of you. As I look at this long box of unpriced comics that I need to be working on, got to do that. But it's like, well, where's the energy to do this other larger scale thing? You know, somebody asked me the other day, are you, I don't remember what they phrased it as. I think they basically said, are you doing, what are you doing different? And I think part of the problem is that I'm not doing enough different. I'm kind of doing the same stuff i need to start doing different things perhaps not at the expense of certain things that i know i'm good at but i think i need to delegate more stuff and i have been doing it more than i have in the past delegation is a really important skill you know not to try to do too much everything everybody in management positions needs to figure out, do I need to do this or can someone else do this so that I can then do this other thing? I think that's where I'm finally arriving at where I'm going to have to start doing some things differently.
0: I I hear you. And I, and especially when you said, you know, waiting for a seat at the table to open up versus making your own table. And I like that. And that resonates with me and maybe with our audience too. I, is it something that I've thought about a lot over these past few years especially with the documentaries and the podcasts and everything and you know when I was making my comic shop country though you know the in in a number of my posts that was like you know hashtag Netflix deal right and and yeah it would have been amazing if that, that my little movie had made it on onto Netflix right but we ended up it's available, right? Like this is a movie that's out there. It's on curiosity stream. There's like the Netflix. How is it available?
1: Remind people right now how they can see this thing if they've never seen it or heard of it before. So yes, my comic shop country where I visited,
0: uh, 20 comic shops across America, uh, is available on curiosity stream, which is a subscription service a la Netflix, but it's just documentaries. Uh, or you can rent or buy it via Amazon or Apple TV slash iTunes. And you know, through that, and especially through doing these podcasts, you know, I, I, I've really had a lot of talks with myself about, like, what, why are you doing these things and what are you getting out of them? And I, I sort of the conclusion that I've reached, and I'm in a, I'm happy to say, I mean, like, I'm in a very good spot right now for, in terms of what I'm doing because, you know, looking at something like My Comic Shop Country, no, did did we get onto Netflix? We didn't. But it's like, I made something that I'm really proud of. I think it was a story worth telling. And it's out there and it's available. And I've heard from plenty of people who enjoyed it where it's like, okay, it's, to, to whatever extent it works, like it works at least for some people. And some people have derived some meaning from it and I derive some meaning from making it. And that's, yeah, was I able to quit my day job? No, but I was still able to do this. And, and then similarly with the podcasting, it's like, yeah, it would be wonderful if I had hundreds of thousands of subscribers and and this was how I made my living. But I so enjoy these conversations on this show, the Superman shows. It's like I, I so enjoy these conversations and what I'm reading and watching and researching in preparation of these things. And and again, too, it's like there's at least some contingent of people out there who's getting something out of this, too. And so, you know, it's, it's worthwhile. And Again, I, not, not that this is uh, you know, a, a one-to-one match as far as what you're talking about, but again, just this idea of, of sort of defining success you know, and, and setting your goals. And also, I, I think this is a long-winded way of getting to this ultimate point that, that I had floating around where I think in my head, I, I always had this hope that like someday I'd get the call. I think that's what it sort of was, you know, especially, you know, doing the the documentaries that I did leading up to and then including my comic shop country, like that at some point I get the call from someone who I don't know who, like, hey, kid, like we saw this, like we want you to, we want you for this project, you know, and, and it's not that, but that's okay. And I know that when I have the idea for whatever that next documentary will be, I have the means to create it and put it out there in the world and yeah, if my goal is to make a million dollars, then that's probably not the path. But if my goal is to tell a story that I care about that I think is worth putting out there, it's like, I can do that. So as again, as far as, you know, defining success and all of that. And so so I guess like similarly here, I think it's great. Like if you have whatever the service or product or whatever it ends up being, uh, yeah, it's like, it would be great if the, the powers that be, whoever they are, (laughs) you know, kind of tapped you for something like that. But I think, you know, you getting out there, doing it, building it out yourself, you know, making it whatever you want to be. I think that's a wonderful thing and I would love to see it.
1: Yeah. I I think that, you know, what you have made is out there forever. It'd be discovered, you know, like a next video plays, maybe it's your thing, depending on streaming services we're not at the final stage of it who knows how things are going to change and how material will be discovered you know in in six months in in a year who knows but what you have made it's it's there forever um but who knows what if somehow you're the one making some sort of call not you waiting for a call but is you who are making some sort of call to someone else you know maybe maybe you never considered that one um I don't know. It, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what happens, you know, but I definitely appreciate you seeing fit to make me part of the things that you have generated as recently as right now, literally right now, you chose to make me a part of what you're doing. And, and that means a lot. Um You know, I, I feel like. Sometimes I convince myself I have nothing of value to say, I have nothing of value to add to the industry at large, is what the inner voice tells me sometimes. You know, I'll see, I'll tweet something about a uh, a new release on Tuesday nights the way I normally do, and sometimes Tom Brevoort, the Marvel editor, will retweet it or something. I'll say to myself, what if I was writing the solicitation for your book? What if I was writing that? What if I was giving some sort of a, a quote on the back of a graphic novel, you know, does that increase sales for you? I don't know. Maybe I'll never figure that out. I don't know. But I do feel like I'd like to write at least one solicitation, you know, deep in the back of previous magazine for some random book just to see if the way that I phrase things could connect to what a retailer likes to hear. I don't know. I feel like the fact that I understand to a degree retailer language and what they respond to. There's something there that a publisher could utilize if they wanted to. Is that what I want to do? Not really, but maybe once or twice it'd be nice to just, just see for sure.
0: Like, would you go so far as whether it's a public tweet or a DM to Tom Brevard or someone like that, to, to, to put something like that out there? Like, Hey, if you were ever looking to get a retailer perspective on this, like, you know, I'm
1: available. Um, that's not his lane. He's going to be Marvel editorial. Um, that'd be more of a David Gabriel thing, which, you know, I, I do have his contact info. I've had it for years. I've had it for years. We've talked about stuff, not recently because it doesn't occur to me to do that. You know, I've got, I've got a number of, I've got access, you know, to a variety of, of uh, people in the industry that not all stores have. It just doesn't occur to me. Oh, let me shoot off an email. You know, right now I'm bad about starting emails, just never sending them. That's kind of where I'm at in life. Hey, we talked well about know. this in this
0: first, I was, that was one of the other things I was going to end with is this, you know, this, this draft that you've been teasing me with now. And I, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what it's about. And I don't know if I'll ever see it.
1: You will. All you, right. will. you know, will we talk about it? Uh, we do a recording about it. That remains to be seen if there's some sort of special report, we're reviving the, you know, the microphones going live once again. Because I also think that you're not uh, you're not completely done with the comic book store story. There's still something else, some other aspect. There's something else yet to be discovered. I don't know what it is. I, clearly, you don't know what it is either. But there's something else.
0: Maybe, I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical. I'm not, I'm not closed off to the idea, but I'm pretty, I am, I'm fairly skeptical, but but we'll see. We're still, I'm planning on this final run. Oh, Hey, speaking of episodes, I meant to say this earlier. Uh, you know, I, I teased this in the last episode I posted about it on social media. We have a special bonus episode of the once and future Lord retail. It's an interlude, not featuring Jermaine, but featuring former Acme manager, Bob Milliken. And it's available on my Patreon page. It's been up for a couple of weeks. You don't have to have a Patreon account. You don't have to be a member of my Patreon page. But go to patreon.com slash Desiato, and you can listen. You can download for free. It's the My Comic Shop History interlude featuring Bob Milliken. Jermaine, thank you for putting me in touch with him. I know you had a chance to listen to it. Uh, was it, uh, you know, again, and you were very helpful. You gave me some names and other things to sort of, uh, <clears throat> I say, shape the conversation. I mean, it was... <laughs>
1: I got a few. And words. I told you how it was going to be. I told you how it was uh, going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. No, it was.
0: Happen. It was fine. I got a few words in, but at the same, part of me thing, at the time, I was like, you know what? I probably could have just said, "Hey, Bob, like, tell me your story," and I could have just like sat back. Uh, but it was. I, I, I would. I hope that, especially for anyone from the Acme community, and especially the veterans, that I, I hope there was something worthwhile in hearing this this perspective from Bob.
1: So, Bob Milliken worked here at the Lawndale location, I'm literally sitting where he would have sat when I was a kid, you know, and I remember seeing him at the downtown location. I don't know if he worked there at the time, but I definitely remember seeing him in that store, and it's one of those cases where I thought he owned the store. I I definitely did, because he gave the appearance of someone who owned a comic book store. This is what he looked like. He's always had, like, a white beard, white hair. He just looked like comic shop owner always but uh it was one of those cases and i vastly appreciate you doing this because i think bob is what mid-70s right now and you know there are people that they have stories they just do and you know one of one of my biggest fears is that you know something happens to me and nobody knew like what my deal was like who was that guy i don't know the end um But I appreciate you talking with Bob because I feel like if I had asked questions, I would have gotten different answers because I've known him so long. Whereas with you, I felt like he might be a little more candid. I don't know, but you definitely got a a material I'd never heard before. Absolutely. So anybody that goes back a ways with Acme Comics, I think they'll definitely appreciate hearing the content that you got. And I guess my question, having listened, I kinda know what talking points I guess I gave you. I don't know if you edited it so you removed you were asking certain questions, or if he, he seemed like he kinda was naturally going to a few things that I was I suggested that you asked. It seemed like he naturally arrived at those places, is what it seemed like. I, I don't know. I found that fascinating.
0: Yeah, I did not I did not edit really at all. So no, that was, that, that's why I'm saying, I really think I could have just said like, hey, what's your history with acne? And, and, uh, and then just kind of <laughs> reclined in my chair here. Yeah, no, he, he really was, uh, he, he came ready to, you know, ready to, to share. So uh, yeah, I'm glad we're able to do that. And yeah, I hope, I hope people will check it out and I hope they enjoy. a if you, uh, not trying to rush you off here, but no, no, yeah, I'm all yours. As all we're all approaching, yours. it's almost an hour and a half. So I have a few, just a few final, like maybe quicker questions. We have one more patron question, once again from Brian here. This goes back to what we talked about last time as far as your collecting. So Brian says, Jermaine mentioned trying to cull the collection from time to time, but in his collection, which comic or collections or sets does he prize the most? I don't mean monetary value, just which comic or comics have the strongest emotional connection for Jermaine and why.
1: There's too many to name that have that. There's too many comics where, oh, this is the story that I read about on the back of this trading card. Or you know what I used to do is I got the Marvel handbooks. The official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Not the first run, but the deluxe ones. And I got them as as back issues. They weren't new off the shelf. I don't even know if I knew what I was buying because it looks a certain way. You're like, is this a story? It is not a story. It's going to be, you know, what does the character look like? What comics were they in? And uh, the late Mark Grunewald would write a description of here's all the stuff that happened to this character from moment one to whenever this book came out. And I would study those things. I would read every entry, including especially characters I wasn't interested in. I'd just read them all. And what I would do is i try to find the comic books that dealt with the stuff I'd read. That's what propelled me to look for back issues. Is this the one where that happens? Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. At any rate, I would read it. So I think that there are so many books that I can look through my collection and say, this is where I bought this book. I bought this book from this place. I think there's a lot of you know, my memory is body just in, in general, my brain works. But I think that comics would help me to connect to some sort of period of time. Or that, you know, I took this book to that convention and I actually met this person. You know, I've got a lot of signed books. And I don't mind them being personalized. I actually do like that. Cause it reminds me that I met that person. This is my copy. Um, but yeah, there's so many things. So if you're asking <laughs> if, if, if the house is, you know, down, what am I grabbing? I don't know. Maybe nothing. Maybe, you know, we'll just restart everything. I don't know. That part I can't answer, but, uh, I do have great sentimental value for a good many of my comics, even talking about new Avengers. You know, when Brian Michael Bendis had done Avengers Disassembled and all the stuff that that, all the twists and turns going through secret invasion and siege, that was such a cool moment in time to be buying and consuming new release content off the shelf. You know, it's just not the same reading in graphic novel form. Not the same. So that's an era I have sentimental value for as a retailer where I would tell a person, like, you've got to read this issue or a person would buy their stack for the month. And I'll say, make sure you read this issue before that issue. And people remember that type of thing. They remember that type of thing. So it's, it's yeah, crazy. There's how a lot long of sentimental ago, value. It's crazy
0: how long ago disassembled was.
1: That book is thoroughly out of print. And now that there is so much interest in Scarlet Witch content. There's people that they, just, they can't read. They can't have that story for their bookshelf. I, I can't begin this journey with people. It's so frustrating that interest in characters is so high. And I, we've talked about this before because it's something I experience daily. Interest in characters is so high. Available content is so low.
0: That's it's bonkers. Uh, but I will say, I mean, even I have fond memories of uh, relatively fond memories of Disassembled. I definitely re- I definitely remember it. And what stands out is that I was not, I mean, as you know, I'm not a, a big Marvel guy. And up until that point, Whatever Marvel I had read, it was Spider-Man, Daredevil, some Fantastic Four. I had never read Avengers, but I was a fan of Bendis from Alias and Daredevil and Powers and Ultimate Spider-Man. And so when he came on to Avengers, even though I really didn't have the familiarity with the characters, I mean, I, re- I remember sitting on my back porch uh, in – was how long ago was this? High school, I guess?
1: I don't know. It seems like a lifetime but ago. It 20,
0: I don't know. anyway, I remember reading it, and and uh, it was it was definitely even for someone who wasn't really initiated in that corner of the Marvel universe, it, it was still exciting. So, uh, I, I can I can definitely see uh, for as a, a you know a, a Marvel Avengers Bendis fan, like why that would why that would be so cool.
1: I feel like I was at a panel at a Wizard World Chicago where they, you know, at the, Mar- the Marvel panel the. Showed the cover of, I guess it was New Avengers number one or something with the characters in silhouette, where it's like, well, that's obviously Wolverine. They're like, Wolverine on the team. That's clearly Spider Man, but who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Because it really was a new era for the Avengers. It was a new thing. It was a new moment in time that uh, was a moment in time. There's not really, there's not truly anything else on the shelf right now, in my opinion. That is as exciting as that, you know, as far as like the the Marvel side of things, you know, because during that same time period, I think you had what Ed Brubaker was doing, Captain America. I don't remember if, I don't remember if Matt Fraction was doing Iron Man, but there was just a lot of exciting things across the brand, across the brand, as opposed to like all the highlight here or highlight there. But it was like almost line wide. Something is happening. Maybe people knew it at the time. Maybe they figured it out later. Oh, that that was a definitive run to read. But I don't know. And I guess I I wonder, is, is it, should I be reaching out to these publishers more frequently with what I feel is sellable and why? I've done it before. But it's been many, many years where I'd say, here are some graphic novels that I know how to sell if you can make these things. And some of them were already going to be made. You know, I'm not saying I I got anything made at all, but there was some agreement in the things I said were sellable and why and what someday was on the shelf. Maybe I need to be doing more of that instead of. Sounds like more emails. Just send everybody more emails all the time, you know. Because what do they say, if you don't, if you don't ask, the answer definitely no. Is that what it is?
0: Yeah, it's you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, according to Wayne Gretzky, as quoted by Michael Scott in The Office.
1: <laughs> uh, but it's you true, know, and, and I'm not trying to say I have any sort of you know, whatever, but but it's true. I feel there's a case to be made for if there was a graphic novel that had this, this, and this in it, and it was around this price point, I could sell it slash it could sell itself. Maybe I need to speak up more.
0: Look, worst case, well, worst case they ignore you or worst case they, you know, they say, Oh, you know, thanks for letting us know. I mean, you know, even if it doesn't yield, at least, you know, you put it out there, right? At least, you know, you tried and you might be surprised. I mean, (laughs) I don't, Going, look, going back to what I was saying before, more on the DC side, but just about the management and the, the, the from the corporate organization, you know, perspective, I, I don't know how much faith I have. Part of me wonders, it's like, well, mm, they might just, you know, I don't know. Part of me would like, oh, that's a good idea. Like, <laughs> because I don't know. I don't know that there's such a plan where it's like, oh, no, we can't deviate. They, I don't know. You might find that they're more receptive, but you won't know, you know, unless and until you try.
1: Yeah, I, I have, I've had Nancy Spears's email address for years. I've never used it. Never did anything with
0: it. Yeah. Uh, as no, we wind know. down here, I know we talked about Mark, the you know the the former owner of Acme now, and I we might have talked about this in the first episode, so I apologize if this is a rehash. But now that you've been the you're you're the owner now, I mean, does does Mark he still shops with you, right? Or yes, are, he does. Yeah. Okay. What and what if any feedback has he had on on the store under your under your reign?
1: Not a lot of feedback. Um. You know, he does listen to a lot of uh, gloom and doom economic news, put it that way, and I'm not unaware of things. You know, I, I do listen to, uh, if you're a retailer and you don't listen to uh, Marketplace with Kai Rizdahl, he really takes a lot of just. Uh, dis- Economic, what does this even mean? It boils it down to something that anyone and everyone can understand. And it, it's always a fun listen. Well, I mean, sometimes the content isn't fun, but it's always digestible and interesting. This is a, uh, I believe it's a daily program on NPR or APM. Um, there's a podcast you can download as well. So I kind of try to be aware as well, but I don't have quite the gloom and doom attitude you know or from time to time you know, mark will say you know, make be careful but, but the sky is falling not not to be that uh flipping about it but i think that right now he just sort of lets me know what omnibus we didn't order for him that's kind of where we're at gotcha you'll <laughs> remind me if we missed a uh if we missed an omnibus and if that's you know if that's the worst of the problems then then uh we can deal with that. And we how? That. And how about Austin? I mean, when
0: I was there filming, you know, I re, I did film an interview with him and got you guys in action. And uh, my understanding, right? He he is a co-owner at, at this point as well. Correct.
1: He's a, he's a partner in, in in this business as well as Ben. You know, I I thought that it was it was interesting that the two of them were gonna make a a pitch to me, and I was equally gonna make a pitch to them. You know, because. It was something they wanted to do, having been present for so many things and having spearheaded so many things. And I equally felt that you know these people. I was never presented with you know over the what twenty six years of being here. I was never presented with a here is a share, here's a portion, here here's a something. Now, I arrived where I arrived now, but getting there, that was not something that was made available. That's just how I worked out. You know, my feelings on it are, have no bearing because I am where I am now. But I thought that I should see if they wanted to do that. Gotcha. And I think that was uh, absolutely the right call. You know, I think that. I think Austin doesn't like to talk about stuff too much. You know, I I I wish that he would. You know, that that you could talk to him for an episode.
0: I never so well. It's funny because I I probably have contact info for him on the release form that he filled out for the documentary. I'd have to dig that out, but I don't think he's on Facebook anymore. Anyway, I was going through you. And I never, I never got an answer as far as, I mean, I guess I did get my, like you say you never hear that's your answer. I I guess, uh, I I guess he, he, uh, maybe didn't, didn't want to, to participate. Yeah,
1: and, 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 you know, it's like, I guess I'm a private person, but if I'm talking about store stuff or if I'm comfortable around somebody, yeah, I'll totally overshare as we saw earlier. Um, but you know, he, he, Austin does a lot right now in service of keeping this whole machine on course he, he does an awful lot and i think it's pretty unsung you know i'd like to change that of, of wherever i can but uh he does a lot he does a lot in order to keep this whole thing functioning you know the majority of back of house stuff is going to be him you know I'm, I'm good at front of house i'm good at that I can do that all day, regardless of you know how I'm, how I'm feeling about anything. I, I can definitely do that. That's my autopilot. I can do front of house stuff, um, but back of house, he is completely stepped up and you know manages all that. He's he's shop manager. He manages the shop. You know, I'm Lord Retail. Whatever that means. People ask, what does it mean? Like I don't know, but he's definitely shop manager to the point where we're actually going through a hiring process right now, which is a uh, fascinating utterly fascinating you know we put out there that there's some spots available some things are very specific other things are very general as far as positioning and um we actually did pick up someone we actually did pick up someone um th- this is breaking news and uh he had actually offered the person a job it's like, all right you're it you've got it and afterwards he kind of said you know i hope i wasn't overstepping. I was like, that was your call to make, you know, this was your call. If you felt like this wasn't the right person, if you felt like this was the right person. You did not need to check with me to make sure that that was the right person because i 1000% you know, trusted judgment on that in that matter.
0: Uh, I love to hear that. Well, please tell him I said, hello, I'm very happy for, for you individually and, and for you guys collectively.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to, I feel like I need to say that things are going pretty well here. And, you know, if you know me, if I'm saying pretty well, then that by other people's standards is really well. (laughs) So not to say there's not, you know, hiccups and hangups and and day to day. Like, what is it this time? What is it now? That's just how it is. And it's only going to increase as distribution and publishing and, you know, retail in general just does what it does. But Things are going pretty well here. You know, I watch things like, uh, I watch Bar Rescue. That's like a, uh, guilty pleasure of mine. I also like Gordon Ramsay. I like shows where somebody goes in and yells at people for doing the wrong stuff. I don't know what it says about me. If someone's just aggressively doing the wrong stuff or being abusive to their customers, I like it when someone's like, what are you doing? Stop it. Um, but you know, you watch those shows and they deal with, with these, these, uh, bar owners that, that, well, I'm about a million five in debt right now and I don't know what to do. That's, things can be really bad. Things are really bad for, for some businesses. Things are really bad. But things are going well here. And, and uh, that speaks to how well people think of this business. You know, I think that a lot of people They're not coming to the store on Wednesday because, say, Death of Superman came out. They're coming because I go to the store on Wednesday. There's something there. There's people I know there. Let me see what they're talking about. I think that's important that we're part of people's routine because that's just what you do on a Wednesday. You go by the comic book store. You see what's going on. It's not that way for all businesses. It just isn't. There's a lot of special and rare stuff that goes on here that has to be maintained. You can't just be like, oh, we're going to you know, rest on our laurels, we're on a coast. It's got to be maintained by doing cool stuff, showing people that you appreciate them, showing people, hey, I know you like Gambit. We got a rare Gambit comic. We saved it for you so you could see it first. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to buy it, but we wanted you to see it first. Just wherever we can, wherever we can. Keep being that cool place for people.
0: Well said. Ladies and gentlemen, the once and future Lord Retail, Jermaine Exum. Listen, man, I really enjoyed these three episodes. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's one of these things where I think for my comic shop history in particular, the reason I've continued doing it past, you know, especially past the release of the documentary and everything was really just because it, it, I wish we didn't need an excuse to have a conversation like this, but what what I found more often than not is absent a recording where it's like okay we're going to sit down and we're going to talk for an hour and a half. <laughs> you know communication still happens in other ways, but it's not it's it's not to this level. So uh, I'm really glad we got to have this uh, this opportunity to talk like this. I hope the audience enjoyed it. I I don't know if it's if it is what people expected. If not, I don't know. But hopefully you you enjoyed it. You found it entertaining. Maybe you learned something about Germaine or the business or something like that. But I really had a blast. I thank you for your time. I thank you for sharing this one. You real. I was genuinely laughing. We were talking about the dating profile. I mean, that was. <laughs> I almost had to stop for a second. I was, that was legit hilarious. Uh, but I really, I think I look forward to, you know, the next time we can chat, I look forward to the next time we could be together in person, whenever that might be. Uh, plug, plug your stuff. I mean, Acme Comics, Lord Retail, social media, all the, all the usual platforms, acmecomics.com. W- where in particular do you want to direct folks?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Lord Retail. You know, yes, I know weird things are happening at Twitter, but you know, having thought about it, I've I built an audience there myself. Not necessarily because of the platform. You know, no no paid uh, you know, paid promotions or anything. I've got maybe like thirty two hundred followers. I don't know, something in that zone. Just doing my thing, talking about comics, and somebody thought that they liked what I had to say and wanted to see what I had to say next. And that's something that I built. So not saying that I won't do something else, somewhere else, because I might. But for now, you can find me on Twitter at Lord Retail. You can find me on Instagram at Lord Germain Retail. If you want to see me you know, promoting some sort of local restaurant or something, or maybe you're going to be in Greensboro passing through, you want to know good places to eat, you might see that sort of thing. Um, most critical thing is acmecomics.com. That's our website, and the store's had a website since, I think, 1996 or so. It's a very old website, and on there, you can find information about new releases. Whether you are local or not, you can look at what's coming out, and maybe you'll ask your local store for it. I don't know. Um, You can find uh, our exclusive items from us, like t-shirts, if you want to rep the brand. You can find our eBay page, where we put uh, rarities and anomalies, in case you want to uh, have something cool. You can order uh, from us that way. But yeah, our website, acmecomics.com, it's pretty valuable, whether you're local or not, in my opinion.
0: All right, folks. Well, you know what to do. Jermaine, thank you again. Audience, thank you, as always. This concludes our two-volume series, Their Comic Shop History, right? We had Oldest in New Jersey with Fat Moose Comics earlier this year. We had the Once in Future Lord Retail with Jermaine and Acme Now. Uh, you know, uh, you and Sean... Acme and Moose, you know, you're the stores. I've said this on this show a lot. I've said it when I've done interviews about the documentary. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed going to all of the stores that I, that I went to for the podcast and the documentary, met a lot of great people, a lot of instances where I know if I walked into the store, I'm sure I'd pick up with them. We'd have a great conversation. You know, it's not nothing, you know, no bad blood or anything like that. But you two are really the instances where I developed the strongest friendships, you know, through the process of going there for these projects. And so, and on top of that, in both instances, we have stores, you know, with decades long tenures and longtime employees becoming owners. So I've loved doing these, you know, it's only seven episodes over the course of the year, but I really enjoyed doing them and spending the time with you guys and your shops and your communities. And again, I hope people enjoyed. So this has been their comic shop history once again. My Comic Shop History returns in 2023 with four All Seasons, our quarterly farewell event. In the meantime, I hope you will check out my other podcasts, Digging for Kryptonite, and another exciting episode in The Adventures of Superman, if you're a Superman fan. And you know what? Even if you're not, you still might find some uh, worthwhile conversations. If you happen to be a Power Rangers fan, we also have Summoning the Zords, a Power Rangers fan journey. And I have a ton of bonus content on my Patreon page. So if you're interested in any of that, I hope you will listen. I hope you will enjoy. And of course, as always, don't be a flat squirrel. Support the show and receive exclusive additional content, including my DC Movie Rewatch podcast at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato. Thank you to all patrons for enabling me to produce this show. Also, be sure to explore the other shows within the Flat Squirrel podcast network, which is home to Digging for Kryptonite, another exciting episode in The Adventures of Superman, Summoning the Zords and My Comic Shop History, all hosted by yours truly. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Visit
1: flatsquirrelproductions.com for more. Thank you all.